Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week, I catch up with Sydney-based artist, George Rose. Oh. How you going? I'm a bit wrong off the bat. Am I'm, I wrong off the I'm bat? Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> I am? You're in Melbourne at the moment. Yeah, but yeah, you live no. in Sydney, don't you? No, no, no. I live here. Oh, man. <laughs> it's the second interview in a row I've done that. But, um, anyway. <laughs> that's what, That was my first question, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, like... I, I know you're up in Sydney a lot. Yeah. And when I was last up in Sydney. Yeah, I, I was. I've and, seen you in Sydney a few times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. Um, no, actually, you're not the only person that gets confused about that. A lot of people think that I'm um, Sydney-based, but I'm actually I pay rent in Melbourne, so okay. I have a glorified storage container, which is uh, where I store all of my paint and all of my things, and that's here in Melbourne. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, where did you grow up then? Uh, so I was born in Coffs Harbour, and I grew up like my childhood, childhood in Tari, and then we moved to Canberra when I was like, I don't know, uh, early teens probably, and then I was there uh, through high school and I went to uni in, in Canberra, um, and then I tried to move to Sydney just after uni, and then that didn't go so well for me because it was so expensive, so I ended up back in Canberra, and then I made the move to Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. So you move around a lot. A little bit. <laughs> so I can't be blamed for being... No, confused. not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. I also travel all the time, so no one ever knows where I am. I had someone joke once that I should on my website, eventually when it gets made, um, have just a map saying where in the world is George Rose at any one point in time and just have a GPS kind of tracker of where I am. Yeah, yeah. So um, so how did you get into art? Is uh, that something that you've always done since a kid or is it something you've found in adulthood? Yeah, no, nah, I've always... um. I've always been creative and uh, my parents have always been really supportive of that as well. So ever since I was like, you know, young enough to hold a pencil, I was drawing and mum would sit down with me and we'd make up stories and I'd illustrate the stories and she'd, she'd you know, write the stories in these books. And they still have these um, these books at home and these drawings. I found some really terrible, <laughs> dodgy drawings from when I was like, you know, three years old. But yeah, so I've always, I've always drawn, I've always painted, I've always been artistic and creative, always made things. Um, it was kind of a, a little bit of a sanctuary for me as a kid growing up. Um, I was super active, but also like, yeah, super into art. So yeah. that's just been part of my life, really. <laughs> yeah. What sort of um, things were you drawing back then? I was super obsessed with The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that was like my thing. So I, I, there's lots of drawings of mermaids. Um, yeah, lots of mermaids, really. Yeah. <laughs> <So I> can... <laughs> a lot of those. I can't think of much else at the moment. That I used to draw a lot. <laughs> yeah. Have any mermaids popped up in recent artworks? Actually, no, they haven't. I wouldn't mind doing a mermaid, but I haven't I haven't done any no. any kind of more figurative stuff of late. It's a lot more abstract. It's going abstract, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I first came across your work um, when you did the mural in uh, South Melbourne, near the market there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. like I'd been away for a while, and when I came yeah. back to Melbourne, I saw, saw that um, yeah, that's... Yeah, that was like the first thing I saw of yours. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, who did this? And it was um, brand new and you used fluoros and all yeah. that. So it was real real poppy and really vibrant, you know. Um, like, like how long have you been painting murals before you did that? Um, so I was always super interested in murals. And when I was in university, I'd always sort of look up to like a lot of the street artists and, and mural painters. And I was super into sign writing as well. Um, so after, I guess after university that's probably when I started doing like dabbling in it so I'd paint one or two back in Canberra and then um I got one or two kind of jobs my first mural actually was an animation funnily enough do you remember when blue 
did the Muto, yeah. that one. So yeah. um, a little while after that, I did like a similar sort of thing. So the very first time I ever painted a wall, I, I think I painted like, you know, 700 frames just wow. over a period of like a few days, like doing this animation thing. Cause I, I that was for a, a project. Um, but yeah, that was super fun. And then I, I kind of got the bug, like I really liked painting and I wanted to do bigger and bigger kind of works. And I was getting a little bit of work down in Melbourne, but I reckon thinking about it, I, I wasn't really serious about it until about three years ago. Um, and that's when I kind of got a, more serious and I stopped, mm. you know, fucking around in whatever other things I was doing. And I sort of started really drawing, like, you know, focusing mainly on painting murals and painting, painting walls. Mm. Like when you said you put down other things you were doing, like what sort of things were you doing? Oh man, I was doing so much. <laughs> mermaids still? Yeah, just all mermaids. <laughs> like I had a really solid practice in mermaids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, um, so I, I was doing like sculpture, ceramics, um, oil painting, like more realist, realism kind of things, um, lettering, like typography, digital illustration, um, like, it, like a lot of different things. Um, I, I just, I guess that was just my practice was really, um, I was a jack of all trades. Like if I didn't know how to do it, I just figure it out. Um, so I had a pretty good uh, library of tools at my house and I just built build stuff like I was working for a festival called you are here for a while and I was just kind of like the person that made shit like they'd be like we need a thing George can you make a thing I'll be like this sweet I'll figure it out yeah. so yeah I just and I I like I like doing that like I like figuring things out and problem solving and so um it just meant that I had a super varied practice <laughs> yeah I knew yeah <laughs> did you um did you go to art school or anything like that? I didn't. I um I did design though. Yeah. I know that you mentioned that before. So um well you haven't yet, but <laughs> um yeah, so I, I started doing graphic design. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm a trained, I guess, designer you could say that. But I never really fit in at design school and I had um my lecturers kinda of tell me like, Oh, yeah, you're good at this, but you you're not a designer, you're more of an artist and so at the end of my training, um, I was told, Look, you've got like about a year left of electives why don't you just take it and go to art school and so I did end up doing a year at art school but it was funny because once I got to art school um the lecturers there turned around and said oh look you're not an artist you're a designer and I guess maybe that had something to do with the fact that I had this design training and so a lot of um my process has kind of been super influenced by design thinking rather than um fine arts thinking mm. and I guess you can kind of see that in the work that I do as well um, but I've always carried that along and I, I don't regret doing design. I actually think that it's helped me immensely in my practice at the moment. So yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Like I, um, like with my design background as yeah. well, like I, I try to avoid the computer as much as possible these days, but yeah, it's right. still, um, like I still find that, uh, my learnings through doing design, I implement in lots of different yeah. things in my life. Yeah. I actually think it's super useful having, yeah, a design kind of training or a design mentality, it's a it's a little bit more practical I find, mm. um, and almost pragmatic. I don't know if you you know what do you think? Do you have the the same sort of idea about it, or are you on the fence? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I find it helps. Like one thing I find it really helps me with is composition mm, with mm. paintings. Um, I find that as well. Yeah. Yeah, and also when it comes time to um, I don't know, like with like choosing colors and yeah. things like that. I don't know. Like, people know that I don't use a lot of colours, but I do use a lot of colours that people don't actually see because yeah. I don't put it out there. But, yeah. um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like I um, and also like technical side of things. Yeah. Like if I had to jump on the computer, I I know how to use a computer only through doing design. Yeah, you become super versatile. Yeah. You can, yeah. If people ask you to do something, you can sort of figure it out, or you know, your yeah. skills are pretty broad. Yeah. With it, I, th- I find. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. So you um, like. You use a lot of typography in your work, mm. and also, sorry, you were saying that you would you had all these other skills like typography and sculpture and mm. things like that. Like I've noticed, you brought the typography into your work, but do you bring like other areas in as well? Yeah, I mean, so I think my interest in lettering probably started at design school. Um, like I never really thought about letters beforehand, and um, it's sort of like it's sort of weird because I recently this year I kind of. Um, figured out that I've got dyslexia or that I'm a bit dyslexic um and so um I've always really struggled with like you know large bodies of words or um you know generally words in general and and also spelling like it's just not my strong point (laughs) um so I I think it's maybe a little bit ironic that I'm, I'm super interested in lettering and and words and language in itself just like you know the meaning behind language and how we use it and the context in which we use it in um but I I think that that really started at design school um, when we sort of had projects where we had to consider uh, fonts and typography and hand lettering and that sort of stuff. And so from that, I sort of got really interested in sign writing and more traditional kind of letter formations. Um, And that's kind of carried on through my work because I still, I'm still super interested in language. Like I still like exploring um, just the nuances behind the meanings of words and how we use them in the context in which we use them in. So I think you mentioned the mural that says find a flavor down in the South Melbourne markets. And that one actually, um, the reason why it's, it's actually got an American spelling on there and it's because the, the bushels ad that was originally painted on that wall, um, it was an American spelling for find a flavor. Um, but it had it'd been tagged over and it actually took me a little while of like, um, research and then ended up talking to like some locals and they sort of said, Oh, I remember when that, that mural was painted and, um, you know, it said find a flavor and, it was a bushels ad and I was like, shit, oh, this is cool. And so I, I went and I researched all the old bushels ads and even though it's an Australian company, I, I thought that was interesting. And so um, there's always a lot more thought, I think, behind the language that I use and, and the words that are kind of in, in the pieces, but I can't actually remember what the question was. Yeah. No, it's all right. It's just about time. <laughs> it's like going down a rabbit warren. Yeah, no, it's all cool. So with the type that you use in your, um, mm-hmm. in your murals, like... Like that Mm. font, is that sort of like your handwriting or is that sort of a a font you've designed yourself? Yeah, no. um, So everything I do in my murals, it's all hand lettering um, and it's all based off brush. It's my my own handwriting essentially and it's like a brush script, but I'll sit there with, um, I've got like a array of brushes at home and I've got ink and I kind of sit and I I do like really messy, speedy kind of stuff and then I'll slow it down and then it just depends on what the, it's more about the feel that I kind of want to get across. Like I really like, script fonts and I really like messy script fonts and I really like kind of the the textural kind of element of brushes um and so I'll always hand hand draw or hand write all of the the lettering that I use um which is why they always look really imperfect and they always kind of sit a bit funny and um but I I really like those sorts of imperfect elements of of doing it by hand like I, I don't want it to be typography that that's you know based on a font or that's you know perfect and and kind of in place because that's not kind of what I'm going for with my work yeah but also as well you can um it doesn't have to be perfect either or you it's it's just got to be um good for you if you know what I mean because if you use like say you're doing a a mural and it's in Helvetica or something like that you've got to 
You you really nail gotta, it, you know, yeah, you really got to do it. Well, yeah. and it's a different method as well. Like it's if you were, if I was going to use like a, a font in my work, I would the actual process of painting the mural would be completely different to what I do at the moment. Um, and I, I think about process quite a lot. So it, it's sort of like I've got a really particular process to how I create or you know generate the works that I, I do at the moment. So um, it would just be throwing a spanner in the works, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What what is your process? You happy to share that, or is yeah. it something you? you yeah, like yourself? it's um, it's something that I've kind of generated over time, um, and it's just like it's almost like a, a series of like check boxes that I do in order to, to kind of create the work that I create. So, um, and again, a lot of it comes from like this design kind of practice, and so um, you know, I'll always work by hand to start with. So I'll always draw things by hand um, using you know brushes or ink and and textures or you know that sort of stuff and they ink it up on paper and then I scan it in digitally and then I work with a computer for a bit on composition and color um and sort of layout uh and I'll put it on I'll usually have a photograph of the wall and I'll try and mock it up and see kind of how it works um quite often there'll be a back and forth between clients at that stage and then when I get onto the wall I'll either use like a squiggle grid to draw it up um, which, I mean, a lot of people in Australia kind of do that. You just draw kind of squiggles all over the wall and then take a photo and overlay it and use the references. I've never heard it called a squiggle group. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that was the technical definition well, for us. Well, it's a new thing. What do other people call it then? I don't know. Put squiggles all over the wall. It's a squiggle grid. It is. It is. <laughs> well, this is I mean, uh, you can draw anything you want. I, I have friends that draw, like, smiley faces or, like, mm. just faces all over the walls. I had people do the dick grid, just, like, drawing dicks everywhere and then yeah. doing some of that. But it sort of depends on, yeah, where you are as to, like, what, <laughs> what's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then from that, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of, like, sketch up the vague shapes because a lot of the time I'll work with colour first before I... The last thing to go on is, is all the line work. Um, and then you, if there's type in the mural, that'll be the very last thing to go on. So quite often I'll start with blocking out a lot of the colour work and then I'll start adding line work over the top and then use... I might retake a photo and then overlay the type again and then use the existing kind of pattern work as the grid or reference points for the type. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a pretty practical way of building a mural, I think, that I do. It's not... Um, I think some people are pretty, like, free and flowy and they just kind of get to the wall and they like, figure it out once they're there. But I, I super like planning and um, a part of my practice is, is that planning stage. Like, in order to get the stuff that I do, I really enjoy that those stages before I get to the wall as well, like actually creating the images and putting the work together and then getting to the wall and applying it to the wall in a certain way. So it's super... I don't know, it's super specific, <laughs> mm. but I enjoy it and it's a, it's a way that I, I really like to work. Yeah. 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 I'll, one of these days I need to try and, um, you know, use a squiggle grid and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> do you, do you, do you know how, I'm, so, I'm still so old fashioned. Do you know how I do it? Well, how do you do it? Freehand, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. But that's not old fashioned. <laughs> that's just a different yeah. method. Yeah. I guess that's I'm not. Fine. I'm, I'm not. Like I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm just trying no, to express myself. Yeah. I mean, you know. I guess. I guess the thing is, like, you've got to think about intent of, like, you know, what you're trying to do. Yeah. And there are certain artists where that's a part of their practice is freehanding. Because if you gridded it up, it'd be a totally different thing. Mm. It'd change your artwork. Yeah. So it's like it's it's more about like what your artwork is about and what you're trying to achieve in it. And I think. Like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think people need to grid it up if they don't need to grid it up. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, that's not the point. Like, 
<laughs> I reckon, I don't know, if you did some like, I don't know if you did a really detailed artwork. I don't even know if you'd need to grid it up. Like, yeah, I, think, I've ne- I, don't, I don't think my art works for it. It's just, well, it, it, I think the, loosest, the, the looser I am it, is uh, the better it comes yeah, out. The yeah, the beauty of the stuff that you do is that it is really loose and that you do yeah. come to it and you just bring it, you know, when you're there. And that's something that I actually like, I do get a bit envious about other people's processes because just the idea of being so free as to rock up to a wall and just to start painting mm. there and then, like that that sounds to me like super free and super interesting and, I, and I'd love to be able to do that. But if I do that, I just get so anxious. Like it's not, yeah. it's not a part of like my own practice. And I, it's taken me a little while to kind of almost accept that, except that, you know, my practice involves this planning process mm. and that's actually a part of the artwork in itself. And that's how I kind of do the things that I do because I've accepted that, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not the artist that just rocks up and freehands it. Mm. I'm not that artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was weird. I painted a bit mural last week. Yeah. And um, and I bought some paint on the, like, on the way to the wall. Yeah. And I got to the wall. And I, I just I only had three colours with me, and um, and a ladder and some <laughs> rollers, and that's it. And I just got got started. Yeah, sounds... I didn't have a sketch or anything. Oh, <laughs> it was like, that, that sounds great. I was great, really, but... really happy with how it came yeah, yeah. out. It was just like, all right, let's let's see what happens here. And then, but, but before I even start in those mm. situations, I have to remind myself that I know what I'm doing and I've done this before. And yeah. the reason I'm employed to do this is because people like what I do. Yeah. And then, and or this client does anyway. And then just back myself and get yeah. started. Yeah. You also got to remember that like, you're not just rocking up to a wall and starting there. You've actually had years that you've been doing this for. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's not it's not you're not just rocking up and doing it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you've already done it for years yeah. and that's been that's been a part of like building up to what it is now. So yeah. it's like people often forget about that. Like people forget about practice or about like you know the amount of hours and and everything that's led you to where you are at the moment. Like mm. it's not you're not just rocking up and doing something. Yeah. You know, you've got it all in there. It's muscle memory. It's you know, yeah. everything that you've learned. <laughs> and I find also that you know, that same theory is people have a hard time pricing their artwork and, yeah. and when you're like asking for higher prices and it's like, don't forget, this is like, yeah. you know, decades of work that you've done leading up to this point mm. and, you know, they're, they're hiring someone really well experienced, you know, yeah. they're not hiring someone from school. Yeah, order, yeah, you know. you're not fresh. No, pricing yeah. is super hard. It, um because I guess some of it is a perceived value as well. Mm. Um, and that fluctuates. I guess it's it's almost, yeah, it's like a, I don't know, it's an economy that kind of works within itself because it, it depending on trends and depending on, you know, demand prices will fluctuate, like, you know, mm. artworks will fluctuate. So yeah. it's so hard to know or to understand, like, where you sit in that whole complicated realm, like, I don't know. Yeah. I still struggle. <laughs> it's, it is weird as well because I find that I can charge like a, a good price for a, a decent sized painting, mm. like a canvas or yeah. something like that. Um, but then you, you go to do a mural and someone's trying to knock you down for like half the price of that. And it's like, hang on, that's like a two meter square canvas there. Yeah. And that's Same worth size, like twi- twice the amount as what you're trying to get me to paint the, the side of a building for yeah. or something like that. It's, it's it's sort of weird. It's like there's this price that you can put on like artwork that you can hang on your wall, but then there's this other price that people put on murals. Well, I guess yeah. I mean, I guess that's the that's the perceived value almost that kind of comes into that because people value 
owning things or maybe they value the, the, the tangible aspect of like having a painting in their house more than they value having that artwork on the wall because mm. I mean I guess the other thing I don't know the other thing to consider is the lifespan and how art, art lives after you let it go like you know what happens to it when when, yeah. it, when it's out of your control anymore like you know someone has purchased your piece of painting and they put it on their wall or like you know what happens to it you don't know like yeah. it's the same with a wall but yeah I think I think all of that comes into play but it definitely is a you know I think you've got to value your own artwork in order for other people to value it as well so if mm. someone comes to you and they're like oh like I just want to pay half price for this and it's just like no nah, I value my own artwork more than that and mm. if you don't value it then that's okay that's you know entirely up to you but I'm not going to be devaluing myself by by committing to that yeah yeah it's but it's hard like, it's it, is hard. Hard. it is hard <laughs> like, like, I, I try to try to make a decision on what it, what is it is that I want to do as well. Mm. Like I've I've found that um, if say someone's uh, employing me to paint a, a wall in a really prominent location, yeah, but they haven't really got the money, yeah, that they that that's worthy of that wall, yeah, I'll sort of like weigh it up in my mind and yep. go, you know what, if this was inside and no one will get to see this, I'd turn the job down. But because it's going to act as like a billboard for my art, yeah, I'm willing to sort of take it. Yeah, but then also like I'll say to them, but for that price, I get to paint whatever I want. Yeah, and yeah. then you rock up with some freedom and you can really have fun with it, and you're not trying to please anyone; you just I please think- yourself. Yeah, I think there is definitely like, you know, if someone can't afford to pay the monetary value for your artwork, at the very least they can support, you know, your own vision mm. by being like, okay, well, here's the freedom. You get to choose what you want to paint. Yeah. You know, I, I can't afford to commission you with a brief and as something solid as what I want you to do. But, you know, if, if you can lesser the price for it, then, you know, you can just do whatever you want and just have trust in, in the work that you produce as well. Exactly. That's, that's always lovely when that, that kind of happens. Yeah, totally. I like it. Yeah, so like with with your art, you um you use very vibrant colours mm-hmm. and real like poppy colours. Mm-hmm. Like um, have you always worked in like a bright colour palette, or is this something you've sort of no. developed from like the mermaid days? <laughs> we'll call it the mermaid period. Yeah. Um, actually, I mean, I've always really been super interested in colour ever since I was a kid. Like I always really liked colour, but I do remember. Um, I guess at university, I kind of went real black and white and I, I did a lot of like just just purely like black and white stuff and really like stripped back um and I and I didn't I didn't sort of really like you know lean into that whole color aspect um and then I guess it was it's only really been more in the last like maybe four years that I've I've kind of re- rediscovered my love for color and um also kind of realized that um it's something that's quite intuitive to me like it's a natural kind of thing I I am super interested in color but I also find it really easy and really fun to kind of play with and and investigate and just experiment with like I I love combining weird colors in and in a way that is kind of unexpected and like I've I've kind of it feels like a superpower in a way because it's just like oh I can make something look fluoro that's not using fluoro colors now like I don't actually need to go out and buy fluoro paint like I can figure out how to how to do that like you know what colors resonate with what colors what colors work with one another and it's and it's almost intuitive in a way like it's um so yeah and it, but it's also weird thinking about it that way because then i'm just like what if i fuck up what if yeah. <laughs> like what if i what if i choose the wrong colors <laughs> yeah. well, how, like what's a how do you make a non-fluoro look fluoro because i like working with fluoro paint yeah, like yeah, yeah. just a hit here and there but yeah. but I, I tend to not work with it because they just turn gray yeah they do know? like fluoros i really love fluoros but you got to be really careful about how you use them and where you use them like that the um the mural that you were talking about in south melbourne actually used a paint that 
doesn't exist anymore. Like it, um, and it was an old cyanuriting paint because I'm a bit of a paint nerd. Um, and I went and bought all of this old stock, and it's a super matte finish, which means that like the 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 ultramarine looked crazy ultramarine, and the um, the magenta just like resonated really well. Like you know, it was really it was a really cool color palette, but you know, it was a west facing wall, and the pigments in this old paint just didn't really last. Um, so that was something that that I kind of like, I, I was like, okay, well, you know, it's got to be the right place, the right place time using kind of these things. But also like, I think if you're going to be using fluoros, you just kind of do have to be aware that it is going to fade over time. So like your mural is going to just change and it's just going to, you know, it's, it's just going to live in the space and it's going to change. I mean, they always do anyway. Um, as far as making the fluoro color, I'm not going to tell you that. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, it's sort of, it's more, it's more a lot, it's a lot more to do with the colors that you use around it yeah. than it is to do with the colors themselves. Yeah. Yeah, because I've been finding that just from um, working with colors yeah. uh, in the studio, it's like, I'll have a color that I consider to be a dark color and then yeah. I'll put it against a yep. black and it's like, hang on, yeah. it's not dark at all. It's yeah. vibrant. It's totally. It's totally yeah. about the context of the colors that you put it into. Yeah. 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 Which is why it's, you know, I, this is why I really like color theory and, mm. and the color spectrum and what you can do. Because I mean, even things like the way that pigments act with each other and when we print using CMYK as opposed to like, you know, what we see as RGB and then, you know, paint that you can get and dyes that you can get again, like, you know, I think the more that you research them and the more you know about them, the, the easier it is to kind of control them and figure it out. But also like, it can be quite simple. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to um, like painting your murals, do you use mostly like roller paint mm. for it? It sort of depends on the um, the wall itself. Um, I'll most for the most part, I'm more comfortable with roll paint. Um, I like using brushes. I I like the line work that I can achieve with brushes a lot better. But um, you know, if I'm working on a brick wall and it has really big, deep kind of where the, the grout is, I'll use spray. Yeah. Um, but I just. Uh, Personally, knowing the longevity and how pigments last, roll paint will always outlast, you know, your spray. Yeah. Generally. Well, I know, I've noticed yeah. that. I did this one wall and I, um, I know this is one of the first like big murals I'd done. Yeah. And they, I ordered a whole bunch of spray paint and a whole bunch of um, uh, like roller paint. Yeah. And I colour matched them yep. perfectly. And on the first, you know, for the first six months or whatever, it looked fine. And I go back and see it now and I can see where I've just like... I've done it all with roller paint and I just sort of touched a bit Filled up with spray up, yeah. paint in here and there and it's yep. like, hey, what are these weird marks all over the yeah. wall? And it's like, oh, that's where I've just sort of sprayed a dot here and a dot there because there was a crack on the yep. wall and just filled it in and it's like, I've got these like really yeah. shitty lines all over my wall. I always, yeah. <laughs> you know, and people have even asked me, what the hell is all those, like, what's happened to your, to your walls? And it's like, yeah, I use some spray, spray. Like spray paint. Yeah. And it's just, and the and the um the roller paint held its color perfectly, and the spray paint just hasn't held up. And I've yeah. used good paint from overseas yep. and stuff like that. And, but it's yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I go and see murals that are like only like three years old, and they use predominantly spray paint. And you just you can see the the lines like you know where people are sprayed, and and especially if like someone hasn't, if someone's doing like a solid color and they haven't done like a few coats of spray paint as well, it's it's so much more, like it wears really yeah. a lot faster. Yeah, so, and what looks filled in at the time, yeah. you go back a year later and it's, yeah. it's not filled in at and all. It, and yeah. It, yeah, it just sort of like it changes the way that it appears and so it, it lessens the lifespan of, of the artwork itself. And so, yeah, more I try and use like roll paint 
yeah. as far as I can go just because I know that it, it'll last longer, it'll wear better, it'll, it'll look better like in yeah. the long run. I still use black for spray though, yeah. for lime work and everything like that. Because yeah. I've found that no matter what brand I use, the black always holds up. Yeah, right. You know, it's like all these other colours are fading, but the black's still black. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess also like your line work differs when you're using a spray can to when you're using a brush. So your line work, you might really like the line work when you're using a spray. Like and you use the different nozzles and tips and... Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But definitely make a difference it does it's quicker too yeah exactly it's but, so much faster for you yeah. but, how, but how do you get like a long say you want to do like a really long line with a brush mm -hmm. like how do you how do you do that i've struggled with like like my my line i find i to do a long line i have to dip it in the paint like about 10 times and it loses its flow and all that yeah i mean it super depends on brushes as well so i really like there's like a monarch brush that has a triangle tip to it yeah um and you can also get like the round round brushes monarch has a round brush they hold paint really well mm -hmm. i'll always use them for doing like line work and that sort of stuff and you can just get from bunnings like it's super easy um but funnily enough it's one of the things that i kind of learned with sign writing as well a lot of it's to do with your breathing <laughs> breathing yeah oh, cool. so like like if you if you're like worried about like wobbly lines or whatever else um a lot of it's muscle memory and a lot of it's like it's almost meditative. Like if you want to do a really long, a really straight long line, um, if you breathe out while you're doing it, you can usually keep it a lot um, smoother. And also it depends on where you're looking as well. So you gen it's the same as like, you know, if you're going to throw a basketball, generally you try and look to where you want to go. Mm. Um, and so weirdly enough, I think, I think a lot of it's a about yeah, yeah, like your total body, not just about like, you know, doing the line yeah. and just getting it done or doing it fast. Like you've got to kind of take your time with long straight lines and you've got to like not tense up too much and mm. just kind of like, yeah. yeah. So when you say looking, like where do you look? Generally it's like, um, so the other thing about when you're doing line work, you always want to pull the brush towards you. So if you're doing a really long line on a wall, you never want to be pushing the brush away from you. You always want to be pushing it, pulling it towards you. The same with like up and down, that sort of stuff. Um, and generally, I'm just trying to think where I look. I won't be looking at the brush or at the line. It's almost like having a super soft focus and not... Because if you concentrate too much, I don't know if you notice this. It happens with me, but I mean, maybe it's just me. But if I concentrate too much, then I have a tendency to like fuck up or like wobble a bit more or kind of can go off, off kind of where I'm going yeah but if I if I look to where I'm going to like sometimes I'll just like you know be like okay well I want to be there so I'll just like do that yeah and just kind of like I don't, we're on a podcast so this doesn't help yeah. I'll be looking at where I'm going and I'll I'll drag the, the brush I won't look at the brush and I'll drag it towards this point yeah so that that quite often helps with that and you just kind of have to trust that your, your, mu your muscles know where to go like you're just dragging it in that direction have you ever tried it no, <laughs> I, I, do, I, I can do like long lines with spray paint. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Well, that's all muscle memory. Yeah. So you're the, used to that. The, my, the the issue I have with like brushes and stuff is that my um is the paint runs out on the brush. So I think I need to get right. those Monarch brushes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they hold a lot more paint. Yeah, I'm off yeah. to Bunnings this weekend. Yeah, so. yeah, it's good. They're yeah. my favourites. They're yeah. the best. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of technique and mm -hmm. stuff like that, like um lately I've noticed you've been working a lot with Fibs, mm -hmm. who's like. I don't know, he's like a bit of a master at <laughs> the can of paint. Mm -hmm. He's a master at a lot of things, yeah. you know. <laughs> and um, and he's taught, like, so many people how to paint that yeah. I've known over the years. And then, um, Have you learned a lot through painting with him? I think I have. Um, it's funny. I reckon 
I reckon I've rubbed off on him a lot and he's kind of rubbed off on me a lot as well. So, um, and that's just, you know, when you, you paint with someone a lot, you generally pick up on little bits and pieces and that's just kind of what happens. Um, I mean, yeah, it's funny the amount of artists or the amount of like, you know, really prolific and predominant artists that, that have kind of come from the school of Pibs, um, where like, you know, he's sort of taught them how to do stuff. He, he definitely is like encouraged me to use spray a lot more and, and kind of incorporate that into it. And um, I do, I do enjoy it and I do like it, but I, I still, there's, you know, there's nothing like using the brush. Um, but I think probably, I don't know, probably like, I mean, it's just, it's just really nice watching him paint, you know, like I've never seen anyone who has just such a, a smooth and consistent kind of like flow when he's painting and, um, you know, no one does line work the way that he does. So, and that's, I've always been super drawn to really, you know, beautiful line work. And so I think that that's something that like, I, I super like with his work as well. And, and I think it's funny painting with him. I reckon there's some, there's some kind of like graffiti techniques that maybe I've incorporated into like some of my stuff, like not on a, not on a super literal level, but there's definitely like, you know, some, some flick of the brush or there's some like, you know, the, the end points that mm. I've kind of started incorporating into like a lot of the line work that I can kind of see that I'm like, where did that come from? I reckon that probably came from, you know, painting with Tim, but then, you know, if you look at his stuff, you can sort of see, I think a lot of like influence with color and, um, you know, some of the, the fading kind of like stuff, maybe that kind of came from my work as well. So I think, yeah, I, it's funny because when we paint together, if we do collaborations, I think that our styles really work well together now. I think initially, you know, the first couple of collaborations we did, it was really difficult to find that nice middle ground um, and where, like, you know, his work complemented mine and my work complemented his. But I think nowadays we much more understand kind of how to work together and how to create something that's compos compositionally beautiful and that, you know, his the things that he's really good at can shine and the stuff that I'm really good at can shine and, and it's like a nice kind of balance. Hmm. Yeah. Do you, um, do you work on like uh, your own individual elements and bring it together or do you, have you, do you work on like one big image together? There's always a lot of back and forth. I guess with any collaboration, like the only way that I know how to collaborate is there'll be like a lot of clap, like back and forth with an artist. So it doesn't really matter who I'm working with. They'll always be like, you know, okay, well, what are you, what are you good at? What are your strengths? What do you want to paint? Um, and then, yeah, I'll, I guess, yeah, we generally do kind of work on our own individual elements separately and then bring them together in a, almost like a collage-like manner. So maybe we'll cut out the paper and kind of actually physically collage things or, um, you know, maybe we'll use the computer and kind of put them together and, and lay out in that and using kind of like my process a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So it sort of depends on what it is we're doing. And then sometimes you get to the wall and you just add stuff in like we did this wall in Sydney and it took like 10 days and we just kept on adding like we just kept on adding more and more detail every day we'd get back there and then you know he'd add something and I'd add something and then it was just like why why did we do that now we've got to do that to the whole the whole bloody thing like and it just took such a long time but it was beautiful in the end like it was good so yeah I think it's like getting it to a certain point and then then going to the wall and actually just adding stuff on the wall as well and being a bit more free with that yeah Cool. Yeah. Do you leave all the um, symmetrical stuff up to him? Because I've, I've, <laughs> I've painted with him before and it's just like, how can you just 
mark up something perfectly symmetrical. You watch, yeah, you watch mi- him. Mirror, like, mirror like image. A, a and it's like, I don't know how he does it. I don't know. Because if I was to do that, it would just, especially with like two circles like next to each other. Yeah. And they're both perfect. Yeah. And it's like, hang on. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I generally don't do symmetrical stuff. I leave that to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's your job. You can do yeah. it. <laughs> I don't do straight lines. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you've uh, you've started like incorporating a lot of um you know plants and flowers into mm. your art like yeah. um like where the inspiration come from from to do that um well I guess that that kind of goes back to like um the styles and and the sort of practice that I had before I guess like three years ago so I actually always did do a lot of botanicals and a, and a lot of sort of stuff especially when I was doing black and white things um so I had a few clients actually go back through I guess like stalk me a little bit online and go back through and find um find some of these older kind of works that I had done that that were more botanical that they were more kind of based in on the botanicals and they requested for me to kind of do that for them um and so it was almost like answering a couple of jobs I just sort of naturally started reintroducing them back into my work because I I had sort of cut I'd cut away all of these other um things that I was doing so like all of the other practice artistic practices that I was doing and that really helped refine a particular style and then once I kind of got got on that style and I started exploring it and pushing out it a bit more then it was almost like out of left field that like these botanicals kind of came back up because I had clients just kind of saying oh we saw you, this work that you did in Brisbane and we really want you to do something like that for us and so I kind of I've started reintroducing them back into my practice and now I know that I have like maybe like two pretty distinct styles that I kind of do. I mean, both of them are pretty based in color and I try and incorporate one or the other into each so that that kind of links them a bit. But it's weird. Like it sometimes you practice kind of goes in the direction that the commissions kind of come in because I I am quite a, at the moment, a commission based kind of, my my practice is pretty much commission based. So it's, it's really dependent on the types of jobs that I get in or the types of festivals and the briefs that I get and how I respond to those things. But, I mean, I, I like incorporating the botanicals in because it always gives me a way to incorporate a local element to mm. the work that I do. So I'll, I, I really like, um, you know, researching endemic kind of like flora of a region and kind of trying to make it a little bit more specific to where I'm, I'm painting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the good thing about it as well is it's nature and it, yeah. even if you choose like one type of flower, there'll be, you can, you, you can't get it wrong if you know what I mean, because yeah. it's like, because if it's too short or too tall or too fat or whatever, it's a flower, it's a flower. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I'm sure they're out there yeah. in that, that shape, you know, yeah. so. Um, I always wonder about like how, how precise I am with the stuff that I paint, because like I've also like I've done a few walls with fish and whatever else, but I've had people come up and they're like, oh, it's a maricot or like, oh, that's a this particular flower and I'm like yeah it does look like the thing <laughs> I'm glad I've done it all right <laughs> yeah yeah it's in- interesting what you're saying about um digging back into mm. your older work because archives. yeah because I've I've done that a bit as well and yep. also someone pulled up a really old photo of mine from years ago like a painting I did and they wanted to use it for an image for a flyer or something like that and it's like oh well I've I haven't explored that for a long time and it's like I've sort of moved on from there but never really explored it properly and Mm. it's like you know it got me thinking about stuff and 
I just think it's really important to every now and then just dig back and, and have a look through yeah. like old paintings or old photos or whatever and see what you were doing like three, four years ago. Uh, I find it fascinating to look back on people's progressions mm. and seeing the artwork that they were doing like, you know, last year, the year before, the year before that and just seeing the direction that they kind of come in and almost, I don't know, it's hard to see the direction that anyone's going to go in but it, it's mm. I find it super interesting to go back and look at that. I find it harder to go back and look at my own stuff Mm. Like, it's really hard to be objective about that. Yeah. I don't know if you find that, but it's, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I find that sometimes you can touch on an idea, yeah. but never really um, incorporate yeah. it into your work. And then other times, um, you know, you you latch on to other ideas and things that you're doing, and then mm. everything else sort of, all these other ideas drop away, and you've developed a style based around two or three different mm. ideas, and then... Yeah, I know. It's, 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 there's all these other ideas that you've actually worked with and they're just sitting there waiting to be yeah. rediscovered, but like some, you did with the, the floor. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes I find that it's, like, cyclical. So you'll, you'll work on an idea and then you might, like, leave it behind and move on and do some other stuff. But then it'll inevitably come back up in your practice. So, like, the botanicals is a good example because it just kind of came back up. But even when you look back at, on the stuff from your previous years and the ideas that you're looking at, they tend to come back again. I don't mm. know if you find that, like, I'll be doing something and I'll be like, oh, this, is, this relates to something that I was doing, like, you know, three years ago or five years ago. Like, oh, that's really weird that that's the reoccurring theme or that's something that kind of comes back up again in it. Yeah. I, I guess everyone's like that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Well, <laughs> we are. Yeah. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> yeah. So, um... So getting back to your murals, like mm -hmm. I've seen you paint some, uh, like, well, I haven't seen them in person, but I've seen photos of you painting some really big walls. Mm. Like, do you have a, an issue with heights or no, anything like that? I fucking love, I love heights. <laughs> the bigger the better, man. I have always, I've always really liked being up high. Yeah. I've always really liked, you know, being outside. So, I don't know, I feel like I've just happened upon the, the best profession for me. So, like, when I was a kid, um, my dad, when I first like, learned how to walk, my dad put me on the roof of our house which was like this flat you know two-story house in Bellingen and, and my mom has this fear of heights and my brother has a fear of heights but I was just like yeah this is the best <laughs> so yeah it's weird I don't I I it would be so much harder to do I don't know to paint walls if you were scared of I know there are people out there that are scared of them but I just have this I don't know I guess I've never had anything bad happen to me mm. at height so I just have nothing I just yeah, yeah. I, I never really it's not a thing <laughs> yeah because I, I know because I spend most of my time on the ground yeah right <laughs> um I don't know I, I go I'm not What's like really I'm not, not, done? I don't know I've helped people with walls right. you know and yeah, just yeah, be yeah. like I, I've helped people with bigger walls than walls I've ever painted right. you know? so I find that I'll be up um up the scissor lift or cherry picker or whatever and yeah. at first I'll be like whoa like yeah it you know I look down and go shit I'm really high but then you get stuck into the work and then within like 10 minutes, it doesn't matter. And yeah. then you just get on with it. Yeah. And I think it's like, it starts like at the, at the start of every day or whatever. And then it's just like, oh, off yeah. running, you know, uh, but, um, it's my favorite thing when you're going up in a boom or a, a scissor lift and you're just like, higher, higher. Yes. Yes. This is the best. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so like with your, um, you, you know, your squiggle grid yeah. technique, you haven't had, haven't had a problem with scale and all that, like getting... No. Getting things to work. I mean, I think, um, I mean, part of, part of working bigger is that it is a, it, like, I find it really hard to work small now. Mm. I find it really hard to do canvases or do, you know, smaller works because I'm 
I guess my brain is so used to kind of working on a bigger scale and it is a different technique when you're working on a bigger scale like I, you can't use spray cans you know to do certain effects you've got to use like a spray gun to get the effects because you need a bigger reach and um so I I'm kind of used to working at a at a bigger scale and kind of figuring out like you know paint quantities or, or how much I need or like the size of things or how it kind of looks mm-hmm. um so I, I think I think and I think that's just been a natural progression as well so I didn't start painting big things I kind of started painting small walls that I thought were big and then looking back on them now I'm like that's tiny <laughs> um but yeah so part of it is kind of just like getting used to painting the size that you paint at and then it's also kind of like the the planning process beforehand so what I was talking about was like you know when I sketch it up and I mock it up and I figure it all out beforehand then I just trust that I've got that right and then I know that that will look good at that size or that I've got the scale the kind of the ratio and the scale kind of working really well um and and yeah that kind of comes down to like planning and, and knowing or understanding what's going to look good at what sort of size mm-hmm. I think but um as far as like this the kind of like scales go like sometimes yeah I mean especially when you're doing type there'll, there'll be there'll be walls that I look at that I've done previously where I kind of go, oh, that's a bit wonky. Like, <laughs> oh, I could have done that better. <laughs> so I think inevitably you'll kind of get things wrong or I'm, I'm never really satisfied with the walls that I do. Like I'm always like, I could have done better yeah. next time. But it's, yeah. Well, if you feel that you've perfected it, you know, you won't be you as did, motivated to Yeah, I guess you'd just be bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is perfect. I have yeah. no need to do this anymore. Yeah. I'll never achieve that greatness again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I've um, spoken to a few um, artists on the podcast who work with Eddie Zaman. Mm-hmm. Like, you're one of them as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, can you talk to me about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, so Eddie Zaman represent me. Um, I've worked with him, but I was actually trying to figure this out last night. It'd be for like two and a, two and a half years coming up. Yeah, two and a half years now um, that we've been working together. So uh, he doesn't like being called a manager but he technically manages my projects. Um, so he'll work out, uh, he'll, he'll liaise with clients and, and kind of talk about um, finance or like, you know, money or budget. And um, uh, and then we'll we'll talk about timing, you know, what, what works well with like um, calendars and, and what I've got coming up and that sort of stuff. And, um, and then also like he kind of helps out with like tax and a lot of like the business side of things because that's all stuff that I'm not good at. Um, but yeah, he, he is a, an art director and he sort of ran a design firm, but now he does a lot of these like big scale kind of like productions. And so he quite often kind of works with a lot of artists, um, sort of doing that stuff. But a lot of work that I get comes in through, uh, weirdly enough through Instagram. So I guess, um, I, I, I find it started with word of mouth. So, you know, you do a job for one person and they talk to another person and then, um, that kind of spread and so nowadays I guess because I do a lot of commercial work with clients and clients will post things and then that has a broader kind of reach and so quite often I'll get people contacting me through Instagram or through email um, and then when they contact me I'll introduce them to Eddie and say hey like thanks for contacting me I'm really cool like this sounds like a really cool project I'm really interested um, I've just cc'd in Eddie Zamet, he helps manage my projects. Uh, he can talk to you about the logistics and the pricing and whatever else. Um, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to working with you. And then he'll kind of take that from there 
and talk to them about um, the brief and kind of get information about like what is needed and then sort of start organizing that back end and that kind of frees up my time to work more on I guess just painting the walls themselves um, so that works really well uh, the beauty of working with Eddie is that also he has his own projects kind of going and so quite often he'll sort of be like hey I'm doing this thing with Hawthorne Football Club would you like to be involved in that and so there'll be a certain percentage of kind of things that I can sort of work with him on that sort of stuff but um, for the most part it's just really handy having someone to handle the back-end business things yeah the shit bits <laughs> the shit bits yeah the shit bits I hate it I um I always really struggle with um just like the more formal aspect of painting like I, painting walls is like my favorite thing in the world to do and I just don't like the invoicing side of things or the talking about money or you know contracts and all of the legal stuff that kind of comes along with it when you when you when you're doing art as a business you have to think about business mm. and I don't like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I get you I yeah. get you yeah I would, um, I'd love to have someone like that that and yeah. forth it's just uh, it's, I don't like that job yeah well I mean it's a lot that was one thing I was going to say is that it's a lot more common these days. Like uh, there's a lot more middlemen kind of doing that, like managing managing people or like even just get, yeah, getting someone to help you with your books or like mm. an assistant to like do those kind of back-end things. I've, I've noticed that more people are kind of doing that because, you know, you're an artist, you should be focusing on art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, um, yeah, I guess if you're in it alone, it's like, there's a lot of different hats you need to wear to uh, so many. keep the boat afloat. Yeah, and not I guess unless you've got that kind of brain that can mm. is good at that. Like I, I just don't have a I don't have a good business brain. Like and there are some people that are naturally really good at it and they can also be an artist at the same time and I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not one of those people. I I prefer to, to the painting aspect of it, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's good actually to reach out and get help on those sorts of things because I think a lot of people just assume that they sh- they have to do it by themselves. Mm. Like as a, as an artist, they assume that like oh I've I've just I've got to do like you know the invoicing and I've got to do the, the bookkeeping and the tax and all the legal stuff by myself just because it kind of comes part and parcel. But I I don't know. I, I think we've got to get out of that mentality of you know the lone wolf and actually like think about things as being like oh like you know it's not bad to get help so you said before that um your favorite thing in the world is painting large murals mm-hmm. like do you do have a studio practice and all that and do like smaller works as well so at the moment i would probably check te- technically classify my practice as being quite a commercial practice because um i get i work on a commission basis so people contact me and they say, like, we have a wall, we want you to paint it. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's great, I'm glad. Um, but I am starting to go back into the studio, um, which is kind of exciting because I'm, I'm working on doing a show. Cool. Which is cool. And, yeah, it's, it's in the, the beginning kind of stages, but I, I'm going to start focusing on doing um, some more of my personal practice, kind of bringing that back into it and really cultivating a studio practice because that's super different. It's a super different mentality and it's a super different style of painting to painting murals and I feel like it's time that I I kind of start looking at that. (laughs) 
So um, so where's the show? When's it happening? And uh, I'm, I'm only just starting to tell people, so I'm, it's always like it's a bit exciting and, and nerve-wracking. Um, the date is yet to be... Uh, it's all kind of like fresh, so I'll, I'll have to tell you as soon as it, come, it comes out, but it's, it's going to be early next year, mm -hmm. um, and the location currently is secret, but it is somewhere in the Melbourne CBD. Cool. Mm. That's what I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. So it's, I take it it's not a gallery or it's a, uh, it's a It'll space? It'll be a satellite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Looking forward to it. So with, with that, are you um, like, you're going to work on things that people haven't seen from you before? Or are yeah. you just going to sort of just let it flow and see what comes out? Or? It's, um, it's going to be different. It'll be probably like pushing my practice a bit further um, and looking kind of at some, some things that I'm already dabbling in already, but yeah, it'll be quite different to I guess the, the murals and the wall work but um it it'll be it'll be interesting I guess like when you're putting together a show it's almost like you're at the beginning of a journey and you don't really know what's going to happen as you go along like I, I imagine that I'm going to discover things and I'm going to kind of come across certain elements that I kind of want to explore a little bit more so I'm excited about having that space to kind of work in that way so from from November onwards I'm really restricting the projects that I take on um, so I'll be saying no to a heap of things and I'll be around Melbourne a lot more which will be interesting cool. <laughs> so it'll be like you actually live here like, like I actually live here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about when you're doing a show like do you have a, an idea of like the shape of the show when you first sort of um, start it or yeah, is it more like a yeah. kind of discovery thing no the first thing I do is I look at the gallery and then work out how many pieces I'm going to put on each wall uh, and what size pieces I want to do. Yeah. And um, and then from there I start thinking up a theme yeah. and how I want to approach it. And um, yeah, go for, go so, from yeah, there. But there's similar. been a like I've done four solo shows this year. Whoa. And um and they've all been completely different. You know. Yeah. So one was just like works on paper, all the same size, same format, same colors. You know. And then um. The other, other ones were real, like, you know, like, big ones, like, that, um... I did, I saw the vanilla one. Yeah, but, yeah, the vanilla one was, yeah, like, was cool. you know, sculptural yeah, a bit more, was... you know. And then, but then the one at Bromley & Co. was more, uh, you know, because there's all antiques and stuff in the gallery. It's a bit of a different space. It's yep. not your white wall type yeah. of gallery. So I really, um, experimented with that one. And that was good because it was just, um, could go with the flow. Mm. And just, I didn't have to have every piece sort of work as a uniform because there was all there's all sorts of yeah. stuff in between you know um and that was good just to experiment yeah but yeah but no i'm working on another one at the moment but um it hasn't nothing's been locked in yeah so what i'm doing is i'm just um i'm i've got this uh, gap of time in the studio that i've been loving and it's just um i've just been buying lots of art materials and exploring ah. and i uh, exploring with new materials new styles new new uh, ways of approaching things mm. and finding like how I want my art to look in the yeah. future. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's what this is about because it, I've been, for the rest of the year, I've been so busy with just back-to-back, -back, like, commissions and exhibitions and this and that that I've had to sort of um, rely on what I know is going to work and yeah. go, all right, this is something I, I know I can do. This is something that I know is going to work and I'll do that. And whereas now it's sort of like, well, what do I want my art to look like yeah. in the future? And yeah. that's what I'm actually working on at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, I think getting into the studio will be exciting to be able to experiment in a completely different way and 
try and envisage you know the next progression or the next kind of thing for what the direction that you can kind of go in yeah and that's equally exciting and fucking scary <laughs> yeah it is it is but i think as long but like as i say to lots of people with art it's like all you got to do is is um, make yourself happy with it yeah and it's like people can say what they want but as long as you're happy as long as you're it, yeah i mean i'm yeah. my harshest critic so if i can impress myself then i'll be pretty fucking you know stoked <laughs> yeah yeah so you recently did a, a talk at the design conference like yeah. what was that like doing like public speaking on like in front of a big audience and stuff like that i actually um i forgot that how much i really enjoy talking in front of large audiences <laughs> which is weird um i get really nervous talking like when in small groups or one-on-one -on -one, but actually i really i've always really enjoyed public speaking i remember when i was a kid i really liked public speaking as well so i actually really enjoyed the process i was shitting myself up until when i walked on that stage and then as soon as i walked on stage i was like this is the best this is so much fun so yeah and also i think it really helped that the crew up at the design conference were just like matt had put together just this insane lineup of speakers and and everyone was so interesting and diverse and um and just good people as well like it just made a, a huge difference having like a really solid crew of people and it was really fun and, and I really enjoyed going to that conference. I, it made me realize or, or remember how much I enjoyed going to conferences and how I, I really like listening to other people talk about yeah. their practices and, and just from the, like, you know, creative fields, but different kind of creative fields. So there weren't two people that had the same story. Mm. Yeah. So that was super fun. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I see it and think, oh, gee, that'd be daunting. But I feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like when you get on stage, it's, I don't know, it goes away. Like, yeah, have you, you haven't done? No, I've never done anything like that before. <laughs> I've done like a speech at like an art, art gallery and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I've done workshops and things, but I don't know. It's um, I'd, I'd like to do it. It's something I'd like yeah. to do. I guess if you're showing big like images of your artwork and talking about it, it makes it a lot easier. Well, it, it helps when you're talking about yourself because it's like you've. It's just you, you know, you've hmm. lived all of these things and you should, as long as you kind of can make your anecdotes interesting, then you should be able to talk about it. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's completely different to doing workshops and, and talking one-on-one. -on -one. Like I would find what you do with the podcast hard. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that would be, it's different. Like it's, yeah, it's almost like when it's not as, it's not as intimate when you're talking to a huge group of people. So there's a different vibe, but then it's also you can kind of bounce off the energy of the, the audience and, and play with them a little bit more in a, in a different kind of way. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's weird because I sort of thought about it with like, with doing the podcast. Yeah. Now I'll look at the numbers and go, like, and go, you could oh, do a man. live show. <gasps> no. Do a live show. Yes. <laughs> Get a panel of artists up. Imagine that. Yeah, maybe down the track. We'll see what happens. Yes, do yeah. it. But I'll look at the numbers and go, well, if, if you put all those people in one in room, one that'll room, be yeah. a lot, of, lot yeah. of people. But it's like, because it's just, um, you know, me, the guest and the microphone, it's like, oh, that's all right. I can say that's what I want. Me. There's no one. No one's going to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not answerable we're, to anyone. Yeah, we're kidding. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, like I'm... Like I haven't had too many female artists mm. on this on the show. Mm -hmm. I've I've tried to. 
I've, yeah. I've, I've asked a lot, and a lot of them say no, actually. But, oh, really? Yeah, but a lot of male artists also say no. Everyone's got their reasons mm, they don't want. Yeah. It's a public speaking thing, maybe. But, um, Probably. But, like, I found that, um, you know, a lot of my favourite artists at the mm. moment are female mm-hmm. artists. And, like, how, how do you feel, like, um, like, being a female artist in 2018? Like, like yeah, yeah. what does that mean to you? Um, it's funny that you say that because I... So, at Wall to Wall this year in Benalla, like, I was so excited about the females that were coming there. Like, they were the, they were the artists that I was really excited to see with all of these females painting. And, um, you know, growing up, I, everyone I looked up to was a dude. Like, you know, they were men. And in Australia, there's not been, like, a super strong kind of generation of like women I guess until now it's hard it's like you know there's been a few artists come through who've been female who've been like super epic but you can really see like this strong like crew of of ladies kind of coming up and and really driven and motivated and talented and wanting to you know push it a little bit more um I don't know what I don't know what the social climate you know I guess I guess it is you know part, part of the social climate that's kind of changed that you know we've been watching you know guys paint for such a long time and then I remember just thinking like I can do that like I want to do that that's that's what I want to do and so it's almost like I kind of have to I feel like I have to work so much harder but in a way not like I don't know it's it is it is it's really weird like thinking about being a female and painting in 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 an environment that was up until you know, the last, like, maybe five years, kind of mostly men. Um, maybe part of that has to do with the fact that a lot of a lot of street artists and a lot of muralists come from a more graffiti background, and that's, that's a really heavily male-dominated area as well. And maybe it's, like, being comfortable with painting and being visible in public spaces as well, because, I mean, um, you know, maybe it's harder to kind of... to be like that but I'm not sure like yeah yeah it's interesting and it's something that like I I talk to some of my counterparts about and everyone says different things I think but but you're right in like you know a lot of a lot of the artists that I look to I'm just like you know they're all ladies and everyone's doing really experimental and and different things I guess because because they can maybe I don't know (laughs) (laughs) well everyone's just we're we're all creatives and it's just creative expression, isn't it? It doesn't yeah. matter of what sex you are. It's, um, no, yeah. There's people just putting their their um, creativity and their style out there. Yeah. And where everyone's got access to the same mediums and yeah. Um, it is it is know. funny, like because um, you know, up until I guess even up until this year, like you could always tell when you were in like included on a lineup as just like the token girl, like, and that that was something that you kind of did see and you were like oh this is really like uncomfortable and it's it's taken a little while I guess for for that to change but it's really it's super exciting that that mentality is kind of it's less and like it's it's worn away and and people are really excited to like that you can have like a lineup of artists and 50% will be like you know it'll be 50 50 or it'll be like a spectrum of people and it's not it's not something that it's not something that's hard anymore. Like it's not something. It's not super hard to kind of find good female artists because mm. maybe maybe it used to be. And and I think that there's a whole plethora of reasons why that was. 
and I think the main thing is that it's changing. Yeah. And that's the kind of the main takeaway is like, you know, rad, it's changing. Yeah. <laughs> changing and is inevitable. Yeah. Well, I think it's a whole like age of Aquarius. You know, we entered that in 2000. Wait, you know, what was that? It's like the rise of like um, femininity mm. and um, the decline of masculinity. Mm. That's part of it. There's a whole, there's a whole lot of other stuff. Like I don't want to talk too much about because I'm not an expert and I don't want to go on recording. Star like star sign or is this a... No, it's like, um, it's like astrology, astrological astrology. stuff. Ah. But, um, but it's like, you know, like there was that song, you know, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius <laughs> from the 70s because they knew that we were coming towards 2000. Ah. And it's like, and it's sort of this shift, you know, like if yeah, you look right. at, so, so in like, um, you know, business and politics uh-huh. and all that, like there's been a massive um, rise in um, female power uh-huh. within all that area. Yeah. And then also, but it's also happening in the arts and it's happening in um, all sorts of areas, you know, like entrepreneurship, there's like all these women with these big companies and big brands. Mm. And Whereas if you look back to like, you know, the earlier in the century or in the last century, it was like the women were at home raising the kids and the men were all mm. ones going out there and earning the yeah. money and working. Looking looking back at history, I get real uncomfortable, like thinking about just like, you know, there's still, obviously there's still inequalities in our society, but just, you know, looking back at what my, my options were, like tw- mm. even 20 years ago, like, ugh, yeah, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, for instance, my, um, my niece plays AFL football. Nice. She's only young, yes. like uh, 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but uh, she, um, she absolutely loves it. Mm. And the footy club she plays for is a club that my brother used to play for. Yeah. And they said they had more girls sign up for footy this year than um, than guys. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, and they were like the girl. They had like nearly like they had like a whole team of reserves of girls. Wow. But then they could hardly get enough guys to actually play to fill the teams. So, wow. You know, even things like that. Yeah. You know, where if you said that like ten years ago, mm. you know, like my niece plays football. It's like, what is she a, a tomboy or something like that? It's like no. Um, <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah, so anyway, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Mm. There's been this big shift, you mm. know, mm. and people say it's like to do with the age of Aquarius. That's why I said <laughs> that. But, uh, I have not heard but who, who knows? It's, it's, it's just the way the world's working at the yeah. moment. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's a good thing. Yeah. You know. All righty. It's, uh, it's that time of the, <laughs> the interview. We've got, got our rapid fire questions here. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so, rapid um, fire. you ready? Yeah. All right, they're not that rapid fire. This is what I call it. But um, name one artist you thinks des- who you think deserves more shine. Tom, this is the hardest question. <laughs> um, there's so many people out there, and I I really struggle with thinking of one person. But I guess one person that uh, the first person that comes to mind is probably I've always been a super fan of a lass called Taylor Brokeman. Um, she does like these really illustrative kind of like a lot really strong female kind of figures. Um, so I really I really dig her stuff. Yeah, she's cool. Cool. I have to look her up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, like, what's one medium you'd love to work with? Oh, I um, I'd love to get back into sculpture, like bigger kind of sculptures and and installations as well. Um, that's one one that I don't do a lot of at the moment that I'd I'd love to get back into. Well, you got this exhibition hey, coming up. Yeah. You know. Be fun. Yeah. And um, like, what's one skill you wish you had? Oh. 
accounting. Accounting. <laughs> I wish I was better with money. <laughs> Is that a skill? Uh, um, there's not a lot that I don't think I can do. That's, <laughs> that's a problem. That's a, that's I mean, a, like, that's a good some, attitude. I'm always like, oh, I could do that. I'll come back to it <laughs> if I think if I think of anything, anything else. But yeah, I think I think I think if there's something that I I don't know how to do, I always try and figure it out. Okay, that's that's good. It's a good way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, who's your favourite artist? Uh, my all-time favourite artist and hero is uh, um, a duo called Bicicleta Sem Freio, um, and they're from Brazil. And uh, they are, I call them my spirit animal, because they're just, everything they touch I feel like is gold. <laughs> oh, good stuff, I'll have to look them up. Oh my god, I love them so much, they're so good. Yeah. And um, what advice would you give your younger self? Everything does get better. As time goes on, like you get a lot more chill with life, and it's not as stressful, and nothing is nothing is as intense as you think it is. Just you know, everything does get better as as you get older. It becomes easier. So like, just enjoy the ride. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, do you have like a dream project you'd love to work on? So many. There are so many things I'd love to do. Um, I mean, I love I love painting. You know, the bigger the better. So, but I guess there's like more like clients. Like I I've heard that um, Mikey's pretty interesting to work with. They're really open to like really interesting kind of stuff. So I guess they'd be a client that I'd like to work with. Um, I think it'd be cool if someone had a wad of money and a space, and they were just like, "Here you go. I want you to make a really crazy, immersive, interactive installation here." I want you to, to do it and complete it and, you know, you can do whatever whatever your brain comes up with, just do it. Hmm. I think and here's that, the funding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's the funding for it. Just go. That yeah. would be that would be epic. It would be. <laughs> Isn't that everyone's dream, though? <laughs> oh, I guess so. It's uh, People answer it differently. Yeah. You know? but, yeah, that's definitely your dream. Uh, and I, I, I could go that as well. No, but, uh, yeah, I know, different dream projects. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Where are you wanting to uh, to take your art career? Like, where do you want to see it go? Hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind. Um, I've started doing stuff internationally, and I wouldn't mind chasing the summer. That's kind of, I think, that's always been a bit of a goal for me is just to like, you know, be in Australia and paint while I can be in Australia and paint, and then to head overseas and paint um, during their summer. I, you know, I function so much better in the heat, and I, I function so much better in the sun. So. That's, I think that's what I'd love to do is just like, you know, go to where the walls are in the heat. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you've been traveling a lot anyway. You, yeah. You were just over in the States, weren't you? Yeah. 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 It's, it's happening more and more. Like I'm, I'm always traveling, which is like great. And even like, you know, painting in Darwin in the middle of winter is awesome because it's, it's dry season. It's 30, 30 plus degrees up there. So that's, that's super sweet. But yeah, I was in the States um, in San Diego at Kabo Festival painting oh it was like a week and a bit ago now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like slowly coming to fruition I'm, I'm like cultivating it and starting to like starting to branch out into the international circuit which is cool as well it's just good, exciting good stuff yeah living the dream living the dream <laughs> <laughs> do you have any um future plans or projects yes yeah, so i'm going to be focusing on this this show quite heavily 
Um, and that's that's going to hopefully take up most of my brain space and most of my, my planning space um, from November onwards. I've um, also got a collaboration with um, Brown Brothers uh, coming out. Oh, it's being released now, so you'll start seeing that around um, in, you know, any alcohol stores I guess yeah. <laughs> but I did a couple of bottles with Prosecco and I'm, I'm painting a few walls coming up um, so that's going to be the next you know few weeks and then um, there'll be like an augmented reality aspect to some of it as well so that's that's they're the two kind of bigger ones that are happening cool yeah sounds good and um and where's the best place for people to see your work online the best place for people to see my work is on Instagram um, if you go to George underscore Rose uh, there is a website coming. It hasn't been released yet. Also, I'm terrible at most social media, so Instagram's probably the way to go, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> it's the most visual as well. Yeah, it's the easiest one. Like, you know, it's it's easy to access and, and you know, you just put things up otherwise, yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm also quite, you know, I'm not consistent at posting the jobs that I do, so it's actually kind of, I think, hard to see this. <laughs> what I'm up to <laughs> yeah I feel like it's um it's a good platform as an artist as well because we yeah. can put photos of our art yep. up there and I thought I was thinking gee without art like I just wouldn't have any social media because what am I going to put up a photo of I yeah bloody, I, like, I, selfie yeah no <laughs> I only ever put up photos of the stuff that I'm working on like yeah. I wouldn't know how to engage with it if I didn't <laughs> if I didn't have like an art practice like I don't know yeah food don't take but no I don't take photos of my food like what am I gonna do like I don't have a dog. <laughs> yeah. 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 It'd be weird. It would be. But anyway, um, you know, thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. Thanks for having me here, Tom. That's all right. So uh, yeah, it's good to see. I, I thought, oh, oh, you're in Melbourne. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try and tee it up, you know, thinking that you live in Sydney. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, but uh, thanks for tracking out to the studio. And no, thanks for having me. It's been fun. No worries. Thanks again for tuning into another episode of Bench Talk. To view images of the guest's artwork, follow us on Instagram at bench underscore talk or go to benchtalkpodcast.com. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes, subscribe via iTunes or follow Bench Talk on SoundCloud or Stitcher. If you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. And thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. See ya.